You're listening to Guitars and Granola Bars, episode 28. Thank you so much for joining me here on Guitars and Granola Bars, Music Therapist Talk Motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Rambach, and this podcast is for music therapists and anyone else balancing a passion-fueled career with being a mom. This podcast is sponsored by Music Teachers Helper, the best way to manage your private music lesson studio and or music therapy practice. I've used Music Teachers Helper every single day since 2011, and it is one of the best tools I have to keep my private practice running smoothly. Music Teachers Helper is online scheduling and billing software, which you can access from your computer, laptop, tablet, and smartphone, and saves you hours every month, enables you to generate reports for taxes, and ensures you never lose track of a payment. Once you add a student, which is super easy, you can choose to automatically send students custom invoices that can be paid by credit card if you make that an option. Automatically email lesson and session reminders, late payment notifications, notes, and so much more. So many amazing features, I can't even list them all here. Every user also receives a free, easy-to-build website template to help market your studio or private practice. Ditch the costly web designer or programmers and have complete control over your website content. With dozens of professional templates available, you'll be sure to find one that best expresses your style. Whether you have 5 or 50 students, Music Teachers Helper works with studios and practices of all sizes. They offer a 30-day no-risk trial where you can test it out to discover how much time you'll be saving. If you use the link in the show notes or go to www.musicteachershelper.com podcast, you'll save 20% off your first month if you choose to sign up after the trial. In this episode of the podcast, I'm doing something a little bit different. Instead of interviewing a guest, I'll actually be talking about my own experiences with motherhood and being a music therapist. So as my guests always do, I'll start by giving you a little bit of information about my background and my career path. And that started as a sophomore at Rollins College, which is a small private liberal arts school down in Winter Park, Florida. And I was studying vocal performance because I had my heart set on being a singer. But in one of my classes, we were tasked with writing a paper about a different career in music. And I came across music therapy while doing a Google search. And I realized, wait a minute, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm using my music skills and... I can be a singer, but I can also help people at the same time. I was completely hooked, completely fascinated to the point where I went to my advisor and asked him for some guidance. And he put me in touch with a music therapist in the Orlando area. And I ended up job shadowing her for a few weeks and knew right away that that was what I was meant to do. So I ended up doing something a little crazy I finished my vocal performance undergraduate degree that following semester. So I finished my degree in a total of five semesters, graduated a year and a half early so that I could go to grad school for music therapy. 
I ended up going to Illinois State University, which was where I met my future husband, who I had actually gone to elementary school and middle school and high school with, and um, we ended up reconnecting. And so I spent those two years of grad school dating my future husband. And then when I finished up my grad school coursework, I did my internship down in St. Louis with a private practice called Midwest Music Therapy Services. And that's where I realized that I had a passion for private practice, and ultimately that's where I wanted to end up. But while I was doing my internship, I was given the opportunity to take a full-time music therapist position at the Hope Institute for Children and Families here in Springfield, where I was from. And I couldn't pass that up because, as you know, music therapy positions aren't um, plentiful, especially where I was from, where there were no music therapists working at the time. So it really was fortunate that I was able to have a job right out of school and gain some experience before going into private practice. So I took that job at Hope and ended up having the freedom to completely design the music therapy program the way I wanted it to look. And um, it was a lot of responsibility and a little scary for a 23-year-old fresh out of school, but it was super exciting. And I gained so much experience in those four years working at Hope. But at the same time, I sort of had the opportunity to start a private practice because people started contacting me about individual services. So after a full day at Hope, I would go to my clients' homes and provide music therapy. And it ended up that I was working these 12-hour days, which at the time I didn't realize was sort of crazy because I was young and fresh out of school and it was great experience. And I really just felt lucky to have all this work and the opportunity to help all these people through music therapy. So in that first year of working at Hope and running a private practice, a small private practice, I also got engaged and was planning a wedding, got married the following summer, and life just continued to get a little more busy and a little more crazy as I added more and more and more private clients to my private practice. And I continued doing that for the next three years, so in total, I would I worked at Hope for four years while building the private practice, and in that time, I transitioned from seeing my clients in their home to seeing clients in my own home office, and that worked out a little bit better because I didn't have that travel time factored in, so I was able to see more clients and not so late into the evenings, but I was still exhausted at the end of the day and came to a point where I realized I couldn't sustain that kind of lifestyle much longer, especially as I started thinking about eventually starting a family and, you know, having a little bit more time with my husband because at that point we were both working a lot and would see each other for maybe two hours at night before we both crashed. So it was at that point that I decided to step down from my position at Hope, which ended up being great timing because I had had an intern that previous year and she was 
gung-ho about taking over my position and keeping the music therapy program going at Hope, which I was very grateful for since I had built that program and would have hated to see it go away. So she took my position and I went into full-time private practice, which was completely scary, but it was so exciting and I knew that it was really what I needed to do in order to make my life look the way that, that I wanted it to. That was in June of 2011, and I wanted to give myself at least a couple of years to really settle into life as a business owner and somebody that was self-employed before I started a family, just so that my career felt stable enough that I could have some flexibility and could take a maternity leave and all of those things. So I kept pushing forward with the private practice and really just loved every minute of it. It was um, just such a fun journey to create this lifestyle for myself and be able to commit the time that I wanted to my online business, Listen and Learn, and do all the things that I hadn't been able to do when I was working 12-hour days between Hope and having a private practice. So after those first couple of years, my husband and I talked and we decided, okay, now's the time. So we ended up getting pregnant right away, which was super exciting and I felt very lucky about that, but also a little bit nervous as I started to think more and more about the realities of running a business and having a child. So I went into overdrive just a little bit during my pregnancy and I continued working throughout the whole thing and doing some projects as well to to bring in some extra income so that I could save up to take off that following summer when my son would be born. And I was able to do that. After my son was born, honestly, I lost all interest and all steam in my business. I was a new mom and as those of you know that have children, when you become a mom, it's like a brand new life. You have all of these hormones and all of these new feelings and life around your child just kind of fades away and that's that's your focus or at least it was in my experience. And I really struggled with that because my career had been such a huge part of my identity before my son was born. And although I wanted to get back to that point, I just really couldn't for the first three months or so. But when September rolled around and it was time to see clients again, I did feel like I was ready to go back and reclaim that part of me that I had been missing for those three months. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved being with my son for those three months and having him be my sole focus, but I mentally and emotionally needed needed my career back to an extent. And I was really lucky in the fact that I was able to stay home with Parker during the day and then we had babysitters who came to our home so that I could go to work in the afternoons and evenings and I worked from home. I had a home studio still at the time. And so I really did still still feel like I was kind of a stay-at-home, work-at-home mom, yet I was able to keep my career going. 
And that worked out really nicely for the first year of his life. It was a little stressful because I was home with a baby and that's, that's an exhausting job. Um, and I really didn't have a whole lot of energy to go work with kids for another four or five hours after an entire day home with him. But I made it work. And it's one of those things where I'll probably look back in a few years and think, oh my gosh, how in the world did I do that and keep things going with my career and, you know, be relatively sane while doing so. And as far as my work as a music therapist went, I really did feel that evolution as a therapist since becoming a mom where now I could really relate to my clients in a way that I had never been able to before. And I know that I've mentioned this on many an episode because I think it's something that's pretty common amongst music therapists who become moms, but you really do put yourself in the shoes of your clients' parents and families, and you just have a whole new understanding for your clients and um, a compassion and empathy that I didn't feel as much before. And so I felt like I really did grow in that first year as a music therapist, and I'm really thankful for that. And I've felt it in my work ever since. But there were definitely some challenges that came with being a working mom, especially owning a business. And they were mostly logistical things like finding time to pump in between clients and making sure that I finished up in time to do bath and bedtime with my baby and just having the hours in the day to commit to planning and administrative work and all the things that come with having a private practice. Um, and the, that first year of Parker's life, he really did not sleep like at all. He didn't nap. He was up every couple of hours throughout the night. So on top of everything that I was doing, I was also sleep deprived. So it was about that halfway point through the year that I realized some things were going to need to change in the future because it just wasn't a sustainable model for me having a private practice that I was running on my own, doing all of the administrative tasks myself. And it really wasn't scalable at that point because I didn't have any more hours of the day to see more clients. And I, I just knew that a change needed to be made. It just so happened that at the same time, the music therapist that had been contracting for me for those last two years or so approached me with the idea of merging our private practices. She had built a small private practice in addition to the work she was doing for me. And she threw out the idea of finding a space together and really growing into the private practice that I had always envisioned for myself. And that was having a brick and mortar space where I could see clients and have my classes and really scale it so that I could have more music therapists and instructors working for us so that I could take on more of an administrative role. So Katie and I jumped into that pursuit with both feet and we began looking for spaces for our new music therapy practice, which we kept the name Music Therapy Connections that I'd had for the past seven years, but changed from a sole proprietorship to an LLC. 
And we ended up deciding to move into one of the local music stores where I'd become pretty good friends with with the guys that work there just from going in there throughout the years and, and buying instruments and books there. And it was actually their suggestion that we um, use their space. So Katie and I had three studios and a group room. And it was a great stepping stone. It was a place where we could work side by side and see all of our clients in one place. And it worked out really well for that first year. And honestly, I did have hesitations about moving out of my home because I'd been working there for so long and it was so convenient with having a baby. But I really was ready at that point to separate my work from my home life a little bit more. And that's just not possible when you work at home because your work is always there and it's so tempting to, when you have some time to yourself, go back into your office as opposed to spending that time with your family. So the following August, when my son was a little over a year old, we moved into our new space and began seeing clients there. And it was great. I loved having a colleague right next door, especially considering that she had the same vision as me going forward. We both had big, big dreams for Music Therapy Connections. And we sort of felt like this was a stepping stone and that we wouldn't be spending a whole lot of time at Capital City and that there was a next step for us. But we kept things going for the following year and In that time when my son was about 15 months old, so that was September, just a few weeks after we had moved to the new place, I found out that I was pregnant again. And I was thrilled because my husband and I had been trying since after my son turned one. But career-wise, it was challenging because my first trimester of pregnancy was not so enjoyable. I was pretty sick and just felt horrible all the time. And in addition to that, you know, obviously I had a toddler at home who required tons of attention. So I wasn't able to just take naps whenever I wanted to, like I was during my first pregnancy. And it just felt a lot more challenging. And I had more responsibilities with the practice now that I had more overhead and we had many more clients. And I also had a colleague who I was who held me accountable for things, which was awesome. But at the same time, I just felt a lot of pressure. So it was a challenging year. And in that time, also my son started going to daycare. He was 18 months old at that time. And, and we had just gotten to the point where it was too hard for me to be home with him and have my private practice going and be pregnant and try to grow the practice knowing that I had a maternity leave coming up and that we had ideas for where we wanted to be the following year. So daycare ended up being pretty much the best decision that I made that year because my son was so happy being with other kids his own age and just having new experiences and It allowed me to have some downtime and to be able to work during the day rather than staying up late at night. But I also was able to focus just on him 
in those two days that he was at home with me. So we were home together on Mondays and Fridays. And then those Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays were my time to really devote to the business and to my work. So it was a nice balance. The year continued that way. And my pregnancy got a little bit easier with time. And as I wasn't experiencing that morning sickness quite as much, um, but I was still experiencing growing pains with the business. It was doing really well and we were thriving, but with growth comes more expenses. And on top of those expenses, we also purchased a new house. So we were moving and we were buying new things for the house and at the same time paying for daycare. So it was just a lot of things kind of piling up one on top of the other So I really had to just kind of keep a clear vision for why we were doing all of this and and what it was going to mean for my life in the future. And that's really how I think I got through the next few months because they were challenging as I got bigger with my pregnancy and just having lots and lots of responsibilities piled up. Um, It was a stressful time. The, The last couple months before the baby was born, we really went into overdrive with the business and Katie and I decided, hey, on top of everything else, why not move to a new space? So we ended up signing a lease for a brand new building, well, brand new to us, with 2,300 square feet, all this space to grow and bring on new team members. And as excited as I was, it was really a scary, scary time. It was hard to focus on on pregnancy and the fact that I was bringing a new baby into the world with all of these other things that I had going on. But somehow I made it through and I look back at March, April, May, those months, and I just think, oh my gosh, what a crazy, crazy decision to be doing all of these things at one time. But then May came, and I sort of felt like I had my ducks in a row. We had signed the lease. We had saved up for the business, and I had saved up a little bit for maternity leave. And then my baby came on May 23rd. So I was able to step back and enjoy a few weeks of just being home with my family and enjoying the baby. I'm so thankful that the second time around did not feel like the first in the way that I didn't have these crazy hormonal swings and just that complete feeling of overwhelm. And I don't know why that was. Maybe because I'd been through it once before and sort of knew what to expect, but Either way, I was just so grateful that that it came so easily the second time and easily to the point where I was ready to, to pursue all of the things related to my career and what was happening with the business after those first few weeks. And I was able to do so in a way that I didn't feel like I was missing out on my newborn's first few weeks because she went everywhere with me and I still spent 24-7 with her. But, you know, newborns sleep a lot. So that gave me the opportunity to get things done when she was sleeping. 
So that brings us to this point where she's nine weeks old, and I feel like we've really found a rhythm at home, not just me and the baby, but my toddler and my husband, and things are just running really smoothly, and I'm excited and not stressed the way that I have been for the last few months. We've been working on our new space. The painting was just finished this past week, and the carpeting is going in this week, and we have plans to move in and start seeing clients there in the next um, few weeks. So it's just super exciting, and I feel like things are falling into place and that I really am creating this life that I envisioned before we even thought about having kids. And for me, that's really the most fulfilling aspect of being a working mom. I know that's a question that I ask of all of my guests. And I can say that although being a working mom, especially a business owner, has been super, super, super challenging, it's getting through those challenges that has really allowed me to feel even prouder of what I've done and where I've come with my business. And the fact that you know, thinking down the road in a few years, I will be at the point where I can spend as much time with my kids as I want to and still have my hands in the business to the extent that I want instead of having to work so many hours to keep the business afloat. And it's really exciting to think about taking my kids to our studio and our office and having them know that this is something that their mom built and that really I did it for not only myself, but also for them. So with that said, let's talk for a minute about self-care because this is something that I have struggled with so much in the last couple of years, especially now that I have two kids because the time that I had to devote to self-care before just isn't there now. Especially the things that I did before, like going to the gym and cycling and just even reading a book I find hard to fit into my schedule at this point. But one thing that I've been able to maintain is my morning time. And that time to me has always been super sacred. Back in the day, that's when I would exercise and enjoy a cup of coffee and do some reading and now I exercise isn't so much a priority for me as it was before, but I still am able to take those couple of hours and really just do the things that I want to do as opposed to cramming them into other nooks and crannies of time throughout the day. And my newborn has helped a great deal with this by being a wonderful sleeper and knock on wood, she usually wakes up right at five to eat and then she'll go back down for a few hours so that I can have that time in the morning and then my son will wake up at seven and then we'll get on with our day. But having that day start really intentionally and just being able to focus on myself as opposed to everything else has been key, especially in the last couple of months that I've had so much going on around me. I do have big plans for my self-care practices once I go back to work at the end of August, and I'm really looking forward to getting back into some sort of exercise routine 
and doing more meditation and really making those morning hours even more intentional than they are right now. And that leads me to advice for fellow music therapists who are either thinking about embarking on the journey of motherhood or have just arrived at that point. And really my biggest piece of advice is to take things slow and don't set your expectations for yourself in stone because they're honestly not going to be realistic most of the time. And the other important thing to remember is that this time in your life, no matter what point you're at, is not permanent. Pregnancy is not permanent. Having an infant is not permanent. Things will change. Things will evolve. And you'll look back and think, oh my gosh, that time went by so fast. Why did I spend it worried about X, Y, and Z when I could have been enjoying it for what it was? And trust me, that is not easy advice to take. And I'm constantly reminding myself of this fact but it's really the truth. I look back at my son's infancy and toddlerhood as it flies by and I'm constantly thinking, okay, you need to be in the moment. You need to enjoy this because one day you're going to have teenagers and one day you're going to have adult children. And as impossible as that sounds right now, it's the truth. So enjoy the time that you're in right now and remember that it's only a season and everything will get done And even if it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. I do have some music therapy-related projects and news I'd like to share. And the first one is one that I've been talking about in this episode, and that is our new location. And in this new location, we are building a recording studio. That is something that I am so excited about because recording our clients and our students has been something that I've done ever since I started. I think that it's so important for them to hear their progress as they become more skilled or as they learn new skills and also to have keepsakes of songs that they write and the work that we do, whether it's a music therapy session or a lesson. And so in this recording studio, we'd like to have some equipment that we can just have set up permanently so that we can do even more recording on a regular basis. We started an Indiegogo campaign, and there are just a few days left to contribute to that, but every little dollar counts because it's one more dollar that we can put towards that equipment, and I will put a link to that in the show notes. And we're just so excited about the vision for this space and what it can be for our clients and the families that we work with. So we hope that this is just one more thing that will be able to benefit them. The other piece of news is related to this podcast. I'm starting to record episodes for the fall and would love to have you on as a guest. So if you're interested, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Even if you're a little hesitant about being on a podcast I promise you that it's an easy and fun process and everybody has a story to share. That's one thing that people say, "Mm, I'm interested, but I don't know if I'm interesting enough to fill up a whole half hour or 45 minutes of a podcast. And I guarantee that you are and that somebody is going to relate to your story and get something out of it. So please get in touch with me. 
and I will include a link in the show notes for that as well. Last but not least, I have a couple of favorite products that I want to share with you related to motherhood and music therapy. The first is one that I have not been able to live without in these first few weeks of having a newborn and trying to do some work at the same time, and that is my Moby Wrap. I did use it with my son when he was an infant, but now that I'm a lot busier during this maternity leave and have a lot more work that needs to be done, it has been indispensable for me. It's something that I can throw on and wrap my daughter up and have her close to me. She can fall asleep in it while I'm doing things around the house or working on my computer. And on top of that, it's just comfortable and cozy. So I love the Moby Wrap. And then the other product that I am completely digging right now is a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. And you've probably seen this from your friends on your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed because it's super popular right now. But I'm telling you, it speaks to me because I've always been one of those people that cannot work in a space unless it's neat and tidy. Otherwise, it just feels chaotic and my brain feels chaotic. So this book is helping me take things to the next level as far as organization and getting my house to the point where I really love everything that's in it and the way that it's organized. So I highly recommend it. I have it on my Kindle app so that I can pull it up and read on my phone or my iPad while I'm nursing my baby or waiting for the doctor at an appointment or whatever the case may be. So highly recommend that book. And I will have links to both of those products on the show notes page. That brings us to the end of this solo edition of the podcast. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. And if you ever have feedback to share about the podcast or something that you'd like to hear, please, please reach out and get in touch with me. You can send me an email, rachel at listenlearnmusic.com or simply visit guitarsandgranolabars.com.